next baby, I would love for there to be a my own soundtrack to the birth mm. of my child. Oh god. <laughs> Not like any music. I want it like Can you please just score it? Score it. He could not play the, those six strings to save his life, man. <laughs> yep, yep. Hello, and welcome to episode number 50 of the Oki Show Show for Friday, March 2nd, 2018. Mailed it. How many takes was that? I don't know, but not the dog's growling. Perfect. We are killing it today. How's it going, everybody? We're going to dive straight into this episode because it's a little long. But today we are talking to the wonderful and illustrious Nicholas Poss and Noah Copeland. Hi, what's so funny? It's the dog. Is something distracting you? <laughs> Is there something else happening in the room while I'm trying to talk and record? For this 50th episode of this very it. professional podcast. If you guys hear a thrashing, that would be the dog with his toy. He's just, don't mind the wiener dog. He is, uh... Expressing himself. He's expressing himself. It's art. That's what it is. Wait, do you want to say something, Slinky? All right, guys, so we're going to go right into it. Today we're talking about film scoring, so let's hear all about it from the great Noah Copeland and Nicholas Poss. (laughs) The dog chokes. (laughs) Let's just get right into it. All right, and welcome to the podcast that explores the inner workings of the Heartlands Entertainment Industries. I'm Brian. I'm Kelly. And we're here, once again, we're in uh, not Tower Studios because... We keep having some scheduling. Bleh, I went to Tower Studios and you were not there. I felt really bad. <laughs> I even got there early, which is huge for me. <laughs> and I sat in my car, which I like to do, and I listen to podcasts about haunted places. So not, not only did you get you were, you got there early, I got but there you early like and I was chilled like prepared, and waited. And I chilled, and then I got to the door, and I was like, "It's locked." And then you're like, "Come up the fire escape," and I was like, "There's a fire escape at the Tower Theater," and I was gonna go find it, yeah. and then I thought. No, he means here at the Paramount. Well, that's just, yeah. you know, I kind of have the same luck of like anytime that I get someplace early. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm here early. early. And I chill and I wait and I listen to podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And then it turns out five miles away from the actual yep. location. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. that's Murphy's Law. Mm-hmm. So, Which we'll talk I'm, about Yes, soon. we are going to be doing an episode about Murphy's Law, which is going to be really fun. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if I'll have much to contribute. I think you might because, like, in an improv world. Yeah, that's true. I guess yeah, Murphy's Law really that's kind true. of rules. Yeah, you're right. So I'm glad that you uh, survived the trek back over here and the fire escape. That's the thing about whenever we record it in the Paramount is like we're at the top of the of the Paramount, which you have to take a fire escape up to the top. So it's really like we're vetting our guests. It's super sketchy and creepy, and it's like let's make sure that they're they're kind of scared when they get yeah. in here. If you want to be on the show, you must prove yourself by <laughs> passing the first test. <laughs> Don't die on the way up. <laughs> so with that being said, today we're going to be talking about scoring for films, composing for, you know, shorts and like all sorts. There's all sorts of different things that you can be scoring things for and composing for. But I'd like to introduce the musical composer for the best Oklahoma film for this year's uh, Dead Center Film Festival, Mickey Reese's Alien, as well as you, Matt, you scored the Broad Squad for us. And I think you've scored a couple of our 48s. Mm Mm-hmm. But everybody, welcome to the show, Mr. Nicholas Poss. Yay. Hello. Just imagine that there's like r- r- raucous applause. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And then also we have the musical composer for all the Oki Show Show YouTube sketches, sketches, sketches. so far. Sketches. This is by far the best intro I've done <laughs> ever. <laughs> but Noah Copeland, welcome to the show. What up? Yeah. And so this is actually kind of cool because uh, Nick, you have been doing this for a while. And you graduated, I almost said high school. This is, it's just going to be that kind of show today. Okay, good, I'm prepared. <laughs> and, and you graduated high school, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> He's super young guy. <laughs> no, you, you graduated college a long time ago, and like you're, you've been doing this composing for a long time, and now you're even teaching at UCO. Yes. Yeah. And then meanwhile, over here with Noah, you just graduated from ACM. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, uh, so we're gonna be picking y'all's brains about the world of music, and and composing for films and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, thanks for for being on the show here, guys. So before we get started, though, I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to include this into the show to kind of like give people a like, we've got to wait until the very end to find out the answers to oh, these. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so, so we bad have, at these. We have a little bit of trivia, and this is for everybody. I have the answers. You have the answers. So I can't so participate. I get to look dumb. Right. <laughs> That's the sole That's reason. That's the sole purpose yeah. of this game. <laughs> How can I make Kelly look like a fool? It's easy. Okay, so uh, we have three trivia questions for all of y'all today. Uh... Question number one, trivia question number one. And y'all don't have to answer right now. We'll get the answers at the end of the show. What was the inspiration behind the Star Wars Imperial March? Which goes... Oh. I feel like I've heard something about this. But, I think I okay. Question number two. Who is referred to as the father of film music? Is it Alfred Newman? Is it Max Steiner? Or is it John Williams? Huh. 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 Indeed. And then uh, trivia question number three, which movie actually has no score whatsoever? Is it No Country for a Men, Rope, or Reservoir Dogs? Oh. Boom. So contemplate that for a while. So score doesn't include there like, is implemented like soundtrack. Like there's soundtrack, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not so, like, a score. Not Licensed song or diegetic music doesn't count. Yeah, so like okay. not so much like, oh. Kind of the right. intense yeah. We're not going to include that music. under score. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, so if it's but like, like an a, ominous drone or something like that, that doesn't count. Okay. That's all anybody does anymore, though. Boah! Yeah, yeah. It's Hans Zimmer. That's all you get paid for, dude. Yeah. Hans Zimmer, a.k.a. Boah! <laughs> He definitely does. Yeah, he gets Maybe the short should, end of the stick. Yeah, we should oh, play a game. He inspired just... a bunch of people that just go blah. Is what I would say. Exactly. I, all but I, he does more than blah himself. I'm just every single time I think of Hans Zimmer, I always picture him like in a, in a dinner meeting with a new director or something like that. Like, and if this director's never heard Hans Zimmer before, he's like, "Can you describe your music?" And Hans Zimmer just leans in and goes, "Bwah," <laughs> and then he just fades away into the mist. <laughs> I was like thinking, yeah, he always brings a little like CD player, and he just like, "Ding," <laughs> as he like enters the room. Yeah. Have you heard of a little movie called Batman? <laughs> <laughs> so okay, um, before we get started, let's kind of lay the landscape of you two. So, what are like some of y'all's... the edge? Like... Yes. Des describe... What are you wearing right now for the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I actually have... I don't know why I have this written down. Where do you get the gall? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Sometimes I'm writing like, these yeah. late at night. <laughs> he was mad it's on like, Facebook and he wrote yeah. that. That was like he was crossover mm-hmm. and he was trying to type that in a comment. It's like you invited me here. Man. What the hell? <laughs> Where do you get off? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, yeah. so what are some? I, of- I question whether or not I had it. <laughs> the fire escape. Where do you get the gall? And where can I find some? <laughs> Um, so, what, first of all, like, what kind of inspirations do you guys have behind the, your music? Like musical inspirations, or just in general? Um, just yeah, just like in general. Uh, a lot of mine comes from video game music. Ooh, really? I'm a big freaking nerd. <laughs> the thing is, um, does anybody remember a game called Sonic Adventure 2? Yes, at all? I do. Guys, yes, I do. Sorry. Rolling around at the speed of oh, sound. Yes, oh my okay, goodness. That? That's such a flashback for me right now. Yeah, okay. Wow. So I'm like, okay, you want to know like the true like origin story, like the uh, like the Uncle Ben gets shot moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was much happier Deals than with that. Sonic. I didn't know a Copeland. <laughs> but it's, I'm at Walmart and I'm like nine years old and I'm with my brother in the electronics section. And this kid is, he has one of those, like, he's playing one of those, like, demo GameCube kiosks where, like, the controller was down here and the screen was, like, 10 feet yep, above. So big. You, like, broke your neck by the end of the demo. <laughs> but you're playing. And he was playing that game, Sonic Adventure 2 or whatever. And I just walked by and went, uh, what is that? Oh, hey, what is that? Whatever. And it really was everything my nine-year-old brain wanted at that point. I thought it was freaking awesome. And particularly, I, I really loved... It was the first time I, like, noticed music. Yeah. So mm. my earliest... I think one of my earliest musical memories, the other one would be uh, Batman animated series. There's Dude. an episode where the Joker is in, like, this junkyard. And I just remember the cello line and the drum beat from this episode just stuck out. So those are, like, the two, like, earliest thing, times I noticed music or whatever. So I would play that Sonic demo, and I would, like, die and start over, and the music would start over, and sometimes I would just sit there and not even move the control. Just listen to it play out. That's awesome. This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) So that was, like, I think... So because of that, I've always had, you know, a great love for, like, video game uh, soundtracks and stuff. Yeah. Especially Sonic, because Sonic has had consistently good music. Has not had consistently good games. <laughs> but he's like, it could be the worst, glitchiest Sonic game you've ever played in your life. The soundtrack's still good. Sonic <laughs> on point. That's yeah. awesome. And even when it's bad, it's like, this is so bad, it's good. Like, there, there's raps in that game. There's <laughs> raps in yeah. Sonic? When you wow. Now, they only did it, I think, once. When you play his Knuckles, all his, th- <laughs> his theme music is like these... These raps about That's... finding emeralds or whatever. Yes. And you're like, now I just want to force Kelly to freestyle a Sonic rap. Oh my gosh. Dude, yeah. I, dude, I don't have to check these freestyle out, raps. He's a fast hedgehog. And he's... <laughs> Give me those rings as I run down the street. Bing, 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 bing. I thought it was terrible. That was better than what I had. <laughs> it's not Both too far bad. from that. You need to listen to it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, what are some of your, like, what, what kind of got you into this whole shindig? Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I took a film class and I think that was the first time that I was really listening to audio critically. Um, and it, it made me interested in music in a different way, you know, and seeing how music can accompany an image and how it can totally change the atmosphere or something you're trying to communicate. Um, but then also listening to 
the audio that we just captured on location on a shotgun mic. It made me kind of relate to audio differently a little bit too. And you had to think about it in the moment. Um, and, uh, there's always really interesting things that happen with field field recordings. Um, but then as a result of working, um, with my high school film program, I got like, they just bought equipment for me to use. And that's just how I got started. And I never stopped. That's awesome. Yeah. Clifton Lucky. Rayfield, shout out. Yeah, Jenks right? High School, go Trojans. Yeah. That's <laughs> legit. That, that's pretty cool for a high school. That's oh, yeah. funny because that actually makes me think a little bit about, you know, how I said, you know, I loved that video game music or whatever. And then I also liked film music and stuff. But it never, I was, uh, there was a point where I wanted to, I had gotten a guitar and I wanted to basically be a rock star. Because I feel like when you say as a kid, I want to do music, you're adolescent brain defaults to well clearly i'm going to be on stage yeah. with the long hair right no one ever does that with a clarinet yeah right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always with the guitar it gets a little, little flute. Never, i'm gonna be a rock star <laughs> doing music <laughs> doing music for like uh for picture or for video games even though that was my first musical memory for whatever reason didn't click in my head that that's what i could do for whatever reason i thought i was going to be a rock star yeah so it was actually uh at the 48-hour film race in 2012, uh, Danny Tibbs, you know, who I did yeah. the, the, the most Old recent Danny one with Tibbs. as well. Um, we, we was like, hey, you want to help on this uh, 48-hour film race stuff? It's like, you, you're you a musician, right? You do music, right? It's like, yeah, well, I guess you should do the music for this film. I'm like, okay, I've never <laughs> Whoa. done that before. You tinker, right? <laughs> I'll give it a try or whatever. Yeah. It's the worst thing that can happen. And then I won Best Musical Score that year. Really? Like, Even but that was back in 2012. Yeah, and I didn't have a clue what, what I was doing. Right. So <laughs> no, yeah. To be fair, though, there were only like five people in the race that year because that was whenever it, like first got started. Yeah, it was like when it first got started. So there but, wasn't any competition. But still, no, that's, that's, what that's still legit. Yeah, but yeah, I guess that was kind of like a click in my brain. Like switch I'm like, over. Yeah. Maybe hey, I got something I here. I could do this. Yeah. So, so far, like we've already mentioned like two different avenues that you could actually write music for video games, movies, or what, I mean, like there's gotta be other avenues that you can make a living making music for, you know, different things that doesn't include being a rock star, which is really leaning <laughs> into luck, <laughs> like yeah. really, really depending on that. Yeah. I mean, some of the things that I think are really popular right now or one of the things, uh, is narrative oriented podcasts, oh, you know, yeah. like lore. Yeah. You talked about creepy podcasts yes. earlier. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Aaron Mankey always plugs the guy that his, his composer and he only works with one guy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they all use xylophones. I've noticed. <laughs> you ever notice that whenever you're listening to like cereal? Or yeah. I was going to say they do have that kind of specific sound. Yeah. Oh no. That guy that uses the, uh, yeah, he uses the, uh, marimba like yeah, constantly. Yeah, and he's yeah. the one guy he's on. He does the daily and that's right. He does, um, he does Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. Oh, okay. Really? And he's, but he's like the and he podcast does cereal composer. too, right? I think he did cereal. I'm because, not sure. Like, the music is, it's like identical. I listen yeah. to the daily <laughs> daily. So <laughs> yeah, the daily is awesome. But it's really good. Plug in uh, New York Times the Daily. <laughs> that's almost yeah. See, Real objective journalism. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of it's kind <laughs> of like creating uh, a jingle for a that. commercial <laughs> that gets stuck yeah. in your head when you're doing that for a podcast. Because I I mean like serial sound will always be in my head, and when yeah, I right. hear it, it gets like I go, oh I'm excited. Well, you know, so it's kind of like gleek, a jingle gleek, or gleek, something. Gleek. But. And I think part of the job that composers and people that want to write music now have to figure out is like where do they fit in. 
with the contemporary um, uh, media that we're digesting as consumers, it's like, all right, where do we fit into that? Yeah. And podcasts, it was really natural, but, and consumers appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I think, yeah, commercial jingles were always a thing for a long yeah. time. And then when cell phone rings were a thing, you know, you would hear of right. guys getting into cell phone ring composition. Um, and so there's always ways to kind of infiltrate, you know, whatever's yeah. going on. And I think, um, people specifically that compose for film films or video games are set up well to do that because they understand like, this is what, this music communicates in this moment and it's not so much just music for the sake of music. It has to have a purpose and serve a bigger agenda. Well, and that's the kind of cool thing about doing film scoring and like all these different little scores is that you're not just, you know, you're not just being a rock star or, you know, writing a song for yourself. Like you have almost criteria that you're following and you have to almost personalize it for somebody else. So we're going to get into that and into that whole process and everything. But real quick, I want to recap on everything that we've touched so far, like all the different avenues. So we have, you know, film scoring, video games, podcasts, trying to think of what else we touched on. Commercial jingles. jingles. What else? Ringtones. Yeah. 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 Go hit up the old middies. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Now, what are you guys, whenever you are, you know, whenever you get a job for, we're going to focus on film scoring just because I think that's the most like centralized way to talk about it. Yeah. Because we can get pretty broad with music and all that. But like, what is your general process for scoring a project? Like if it's a short film. I'll go first. Um, So my general process is I have to understand, I have to get to a point to where I understand where the director's coming from. Like how is the image being communicated? How is that moment of time being captured? What's their intent? And what can I offer to support that? Or how can I even twist that a little bit to make it more effective? Because, um, so that's the first, I'm just trying to understand the language of, of the film so I can talk to the director about the direction I want to go in. Um, Do you do that before anything has been shot? Sometimes. When you're lucky? Yes. Sometimes. The other thing, too, is I try to talk the least amount possible because it's really easy to get, you know, lost in translation. And, you know, some directors think they understand what tempo is, but it's not really tempo. It's a a rhythm. And it's like, oh, that doesn't. How many times have they said make it faster? And they really just want a more (laughs) subdivision. I I tell that to every single director that I work with. It's like, hey, let's you just talk about emotions, because whenever you tell me that you want it faster, I know you mean you want more subdivisions. I say the exact. <laughs> I totally see yeah. that. Too. Absolutely. So you have to translate their language mm-hmm. into what actually makes sense. Correct. And then <laughs> apply that. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, you can start having a conversation with them and then the director is more likely to want to hear your input when you understand where he's coming, he or she is coming from. Yeah. Um, and so first step is understanding the language of the film and what they want to communicate. And the second step is figuring out, all right, how can I augment that or serve that or whatever? Um, and then after that, it's just making a plan to implement that, you know, record it and figure out what deadlines are. And that determines, uh, you know, deadlines and budget determine yeah. what I can bring to the table. Um, so then that and how determines. often do you do like... Let's talk about temp tracks first. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so explain what a temp um, track is for the layman listener. 
it's just so it's a track that um, the editor or director will put into the film that they think does a good job of or maybe does a better job than you could possibly do of <laughs> accompanying what they've created. Because, yeah, because sometimes people use, like, John Williams scores for temp tracks, and they'll be like, can you make it feel like that? <laughs> like a John Williams score? Yeah. <laughs> maybe if you paid me what John Williams yeah. paid, I could get not close. <laughs> Have you seen Inception? You know the music from Inception? We want it to be like just like that. <laughs> I wonder how many times they've been like, why don't you literally copy it? A lot. A lot? Yeah. It becomes this ethical thing that you have to think with your... I've told <laughs> many directors, I'm like, hey, like, I get it. You hired me to copy this. And this is as close as I feel comfortable doing that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Right. I well, actually had somebody tell me to make it less like the tip and I'm like you asked you brought this upon yourself <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, do you like how often do you influence the editor compared to like the editor influencing you meaning like the tempo and the beats and all that kind of stuff is it which way does it go I've never had any influence on anyone <laughs> <laughs> it's all usually like yeah I know yeah <laughs> It's usually always like picture lock or whatever when I, you know, get it. Really? So, See, because yeah. I'm, I'm, which I'm okay with by that. I'm, I, really? I'm, the reason I'm baffled by that is because like, for me, like whenever I'm editing, like I like it to have a tempo to it, mm -hmm. you know? So like for me, like the reason I like to edit two temp tracks is so that certain cuts can happen on certain on beats, beats yeah. of the music and that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm always curious, like, like, cause for me, like whenever in a perfect world, if I had a million dollars to be able to spend on a score or something like that, like I would totally allow the score to influence the editing tone of the, of the movie. Kind of like, um, what's the, what's the movie, the car movie, baby driver, baby driver. Baby yeah. Driver. Oh. See, I would, uh, I think every editor should like, if they don't have temp score, just edit to like a click track or yeah. like a drum beat or something so that they have the tempo and they're like, this is the tempo of this scene. Cause the thing is when there's not, uh, when it's not been, when I get it pictured lock or whatever, I like to, I'm like, this, I like the idea that this is the cuts. They happen here. You have to find whatever tempo is there and make it work. If you have to do weird time signatures or whatever else, make it happen. But the thing is like, something I thought was really interesting was, is Hans Zimmer was talking about, I think when he was working on like The Dark Knight or something, that he got this scene from the editor or whatever, and he asked him, he was like, he was like looking at it. He's like, this scene is like, I don't remember the tempo, but I'll just say 88 BPM. He's like, this scene is 88 BPM, like on the dot It's edited to this. I wonder what temp music they used. Cause it oh, is yeah. so 88. And so he asked him like, what temp music did he use? And he's like, I didn't use any temp music. <laughs> it's like, that dude is just such a good wow. editor. I wow. used my like, heart on that. And I think that's really, yeah. <laughs> I think that's really an, uh, underlooked skill is the tempo of an editor and how that yeah. can inform the music or whatever because the thing a lot of times that makes a musician's job hard is when a edit doesn't have a very good tempo and mm -hmm. you have to find one like because that's the first thing you want to do is sit down and find the tempo of the scene but uh if you ever hear like that quote they always say it at like high school graduation where it's like uh 
don't go where there is a path, go where there is no path and make one, whatever. <laughs> so it's like a lot of times you get a scene, you're like, there is no tempo. <laughs> so go where there's no, no tempo oh, and yeah. make one. <laughs> yeah. You gotta make a tempo or whatever. And you gotta find a way to make the scene have rhythm. And music yeah. can do that when the, whenever the, the editing doesn't or the picture doesn't. But I have had, actually, there is one project I'm working on right now where the director straight up told me, he's like, this is the edit, but dude, if you th find you find a tempo you really like and it doesn't go with the edit, just let me know and we'll change the picture. Yeah, see, that's which is awesome. Cool. I always think it's a. I'm always fascinated by the. Uh, they either can coexist or they can completely butt heads of the musical score. The musical score and the editor, like those two jobs of editing and and scoring, are like so they they can be so symbiotic, and when they are. It just makes the movie so much more powerful. I feel, I feel like. Yeah. Oh no. But absolutely. I'm a sound guy that holds a boom for a living. So <laughs> <laughs> who cares about what I have to say? Uh, <laughs> I have a question about to you know for all of our aspiring directors because like let's face it, it seems like every single person that gets into film wants to be a director. So what are some things that you constantly face when dealing with a young director? What are some things that people can do better? Well, there's one thing we talked about earlier was the, the subdivisions thing or the musical <laughs> terms. Or know your terminology. <laughs> Talk to us, you know, in emotion is yeah. better than... Because when they, like, I wouldn't tell them how to frame a shot. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So when you start talking about, like, tempos and stuff, it like, or, like, not necessarily tempos, but, like key changes or major or minor it gets kind of weird yeah you know what i mean <laughs> i can i can imagine that it's like somebody trying to describe the sound his car is making to the mechanic exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah. they like, think they know what's going on and, and the dude's trying to be like, all manly like yeah no. you know the richter scale yeah. is off on this one the sound is and it's grinding gears and it's grinding in the uh the mechanics just like shut up and let me look at the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i think a good thing to know is kind of to know the composer you're working with and how they work and know how much direction uh, they want and how much direction they need because mm -hmm. I think some are like just let me do my thing leave me alone like give me like emotions and I'll go nuts and some are like I would I want to know what you want let me get inside your brain what is your like yeah your dream score and I'll try to find it or whatever yeah so and that kind of comes just from talking to your composer and just knowing how they work right Man, it's it's such a it's such a strange thing because like you're essentially whenever I think of scoring, I think of like emotions. Like you're mm -hmm. taking the emotions of the scene and you're making them audible. Yeah. And like so it's it's like the 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 idea of like scoring a film is always fascinating to me because like how how do you do that? Like I'm going to make the sound red. Like that's that's the, the complexity of what you're doing. So it's always interesting to me. It's so, weird. <laughs> it is it's weird. weird. <laughs> Nick, do you have any advice for aspiring directors, producers? Yeah, I think um, another thing to keep in mind is uh, I feel that sometimes directors limit themselves based on what they've heard already. Mm. And it's like, hey, this is what I've heard and this is what I see that works. Um, and it's like, fine, fair enough, but the only thing that you're going to get, you know, we were making the John Williams joke earlier, but the only thing you're going to get if you ask me to be John Williams is a shittier version of John Williams. Mm, right. <laughs> and yeah. like, and I'll keep getting closer every year. That's fine. But if you ask for <laughs> Nick Poss, you're going to get the best Nick Poss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll sound like 
a shitty John Williams, but whatever. <laughs> no, but, so, but I think that one thing is that people like they default to what they've heard before. And yeah. so, um, I, I, one of the things I like to do with directors, if I'm working on a film with them and they're trusting me, you know, with their budget and with their creativity and their like baby that they've worked so hard on, I'm like, Hey, let's take a night and let's just listen to music and I'm going to show you ah, some good. weird stuff. Yeah. Just so you're not surprised when I do it and I'll be like, <laughs> you know, let's, but, and I'm, I'm, but just, you know, if I can get a copy of the script, I'm like, all right, this is, you've told me what you think. Here's kind of what I'm thinking and let's yeah. bounce some music off of each other. And then hopefully in my studio too, then I can be like, all right. And then here's some sounds like I started generating and I just like uh, essentially color swatches of sound. And it's just like, yeah. this yeah. is some stuff I'm thinking of. And here's what's different that I think we could go in. Like, this is what somebody would typically do. And right. here's what, because I always like to be, you know, subversive and not do the typical thing, but whatever. <laughs> That's so interesting because it, it kind of is like you're painting with different colors and kind of stuff, but it's, but it's sound. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I said, what does red sound like? Yeah. yeah. What does red sound like? I think it would be an E minor. <laughs> no, yeah. I, um, whenever I e think of like. not red. <laughs> <laughs> that is clearly dark navy blue. <laughs> yeah, closer. <laughs> whenever I think of like strange scores like the, the for, I don't know why this stands out but I remember this is the only thing I remembered about this movie was we bought a zoo which has <laughs> I can't even remember who's Matt, in it I think Matt Scarlett Johan Matt Damon Matt, and Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson but it was scored by Jonesy from um Cigaros, yeah. yeah, and uh, I remember being halfway through the movie and being like, I don't even know what's happening in this movie, but this music's amazing, <laughs> <laughs> and it really is like angelic and just like it, but it's fucking weird, but it totally makes the movie, and um, so. So yes, to reiterate what he said, I don't know why I'm I'm like t taking the reins of that. No, I'm glad that you agree with me, and it's not just the composer trying to make himself seem more important or something. So, well, do you feel like do you feel like John Williams is always the kind of the route that people tend to go? Mm, it's like John Williams or Hans Zimmer, like right. that's what they say, or Steve Jablonski, something I've gotten recently too. Right, I um, like Jablonski. Yeah, he's all right. Well, you know, I'm, I I have no shame in saying this. I fucking love the Transformers music. Oh, no, it's amazing. And that was one of the things, too, that was like this year-long quest for me. It's like, how do they make those damn sounds in yeah. the movie? And then I was like, oh, wavetable synthesis. All right, cool. But, oh, you know, but... Cool. Yeah. Tips. So. Yeah. Tips. <laughs> tips for y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, that actually kind of leads us into the next, uh, the next thing, which is the, on the technical side. So for anybody, so now we're moving from like from the director's point of view to the the young musician who wants to get into something like this. You know, you have you've got two routes that you can go, as far as I know, <laughs> which is you can use practical, you know, uh, analog instruments acoustic guitars and all that kind of stuff, or you can do it all in the computer. But regardless, you still have to have a recording interface and all that kind of stuff. So can you guys kind of walk us through like what your initial setup is, like a basic setup for scoring? First of all, why not both? That's, ah, save there. There's the third one. This is why he's the pro, both. not me. Because yep. <laughs> that's what I'm doing almost every time is mixing. Really? Like, well, if, if there's any time there's guitar that needs to be on a film, like, I've been playing guitar a freaking long time. It's <laughs> a sample of a guitar. Like, I have, like, five guitars behind me. Why wouldn't I just... Pull yeah, it down and, yeah. You know, pull yeah. it down and play one of those. But it's like, we need a cello on this. I don't play cello. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go and do it in the computer or whatever. So, so where yeah. do you find sounds like cello and, and stuff like that? 
man. That doesn't sound all like all crappy media. I was just saying, yeah. Is there like, yeah, like, is there like a library of, or yeah, like a certain tons of database or something? sample libraries? Okay. Uh, a lot of people use this program called contact okay. that it goes into that loads up the samples but and it all depends on how much you're willing to pay but people will deep sample the crap out of instruments where they basically you know take an actual instrument an actual person playing it and uh, <laughs> record them and you know, record every note or whatever yeah. and then we'll record the slide between this note and that note. Wow, the, so you're getting slide. every possible option from that. Yeah. Just and short, it goes, short It goes sounds, really but, deep depending okay. on how much you want it, you know, to where the point where you're like, do I just know any cello players? <laughs> <laughs> That's at the end of the day, it kind of makes you wonder, like, because, like, how much is software like that? I mean, it gets, it gets expensive really fast. From it what ranges. I recall it the ranges. last time that we did sample cello stuff i had to like ask my wife like all the money we had when we first got married i was like can i spend these on samples yeah (laughs) otherwise i can't write film music anymore yeah because i don't have access to the school computers so there's another tip school computers yeah i wonder does the public library would they have something like that you can (laughs) hop on like (laughs) just saying the public library gives you access to so much they do yeah Yeah. but their audiobook app like really sucks and i want it to be better yeah because i like it but and i like the idea of it but no no bueno right now that sounds like a a good try that sounds like a movie like an oscar Beatty movie to be made like a man he he started on the library computer and became the next Hans zimmer (laughs) scoring like late at night like talking to the librarian i would love to score nominated for best original score yeah <laughs> For this movie, I scored it on a library computer. <laughs> it was really meta. Yeah, was, yeah. The movie was about the guy that was actually scoring yeah, the movie. Just method composer. <laughs> <laughs> just like a guy with a book and a bow. Like, yeah. <laughs> we bow everything. That's the other thing as a composer. <laughs> we just yeah. bow, we just bow everything. Yeah. Um, but I think another thing, too, is they're like standard tools that film composers use nowadays. And one is a digital audio workstation and you have a lot of choices there. You know, you can use pro tools, logic. I've used logic for a really long time and, um, uh, or, you know, Ableton or you know, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously that requires a computer. Um, but I also know of some, uh, composers around here that are doing really creative things and aren't using the typical tools. Um, there's a young composer I met not too long ago named uh, Samuel Regan, who's working on a film right now. And he like just uses a bunch of weird tape loops and crazy stuff that he finds and get like Does he do processes. Analog? Some of it's analog and what? some of it's, Is it's really cool. Concrete? Like, yeah, so it's similar. I mean like, yeah. Wow. And it's a lot of different things. That's and he, insane. Yeah. Really and, cool. um, you know, and so th- there's always a creative way. I feel like even getting creative about the process at the yeah. end of the day, you know, you have to have a director that understands that, okay, if you're creating something that's that time consuming, you can't make small edits to your music yeah. like I can, you know, in a DAW, but there's something cool about that, you know, that, that composers are doing. There's always a way around so it. Cool. I feel like, yeah, finding the creative way to create something and there's yeah. nothing that's too unprofessional. It's to important do. to iterate the technology does not define the man or the woman. Yeah. You know, it does not define the composer. Like, you can have, like, freaking Fruity Loops version, like, point three from, like, 06, but if you're making some dope beats on there, the beats are still dope. <laughs> They're still no good, one, yeah, yeah. No one asks 
where it came from. Yeah. No one cares. It's the end result that all that matters. And you have to find that the best with what you have, make, find the way to make the best possible sound yeah. with what you have. That's such a good word because I feel like a lot of people get intimidated by their limitations of technology and stuff. Yeah, it or seems, get too caught up. I was just saying, in yeah, yeah I, get, I, I get overwhelmed just with thoughts of programs that I wouldn't know how to approach. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do it like that, you know. Because I've been playing guitar so long, I always bring everything back to guitar just because that's how my brain works. But man, I've met too many people who would like walk in. <laughs> this guy walk. I remember this guy walking in one time in the studio. Had this nice rack of just gear and this expensive guitar that, like, <laughs> I like I will maybe one day own. Very He's just like his playing is so mediocre. Mm. And then I'm like, oh no! So he had like thousands of dollars of gear and it was just like, meh, meh. <laughs> I'm like, dude, and I'm like, I know, doesn't like, matter. I know a couple zit faced kids on their like. Squire starter that could probably yeah show you up just because of their they they don't care about the gear they don't they don't mm. rely on that that guy clearly spent a lot of money to try to be a guitar player you know what I mean oh, as yeah. opposed to spending a lot of time and a lot of heart yeah well you know it, it, I, it's amazing to me especially in film it is amazing to me how wise of a word that is because so many people get so caught up in I've got to have the I've got to have an aerial I've got to shoot my movie on a red or an area Alexa and all this kind of stuff I've got to have all the best gear but I'm going to tell a really shitty story yeah yeah if your you story's I mean? good but the the yeah. footage isn't the best camera in the world the story still shines through and that's yeah. what I really believe you really got to think of what the heart of it is if it's a film the story is most important mm -hmm. if it's a music you know it's music the motion's most important yeah not any of the technical side of yeah. things. If long as no you've one, got that, it will really hold up. Like yeah. if you've got, like you said, a great looking film, but a crappy story, that's worse mm -hmm. than a good story and some crappy it's, shots. It's almost like no one gives a shit about how you got there. They just want to see the really nice end result. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like nobody cares how expensive the gear is that you used. Yeah. Like three people watch the behind this. The behind the scenes footage. Yeah, I'm one of those three. Yeah, <laughs> but, but still, and I'm honestly, like for anyone that's like you know low budget producing and stuff, the more unique that you can get to the end goal, that's actually kind of a marketing hook that you can use in film festivals and stuff. Like the entire score was recorded on a tape deck in someone's backyard. <laughs> you know, yeah. what I mean? like that's, that's more headline, interesting dude. than it was. We spent thousands of dollars on the score in a studio. It's the same thing, but yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, you know, I just, I, I, the, the more unique you can make it is this, it leads me to kind of a random question. Uh, camera died. Oh, well. um, a little bit of a, like off put, but like, okay, for, uh, a budget for like when someone gives you a budget, what would you, for a film, like what's kind of a really comfortable amount that you feel like, cause I'm sure you've worked with not a lot at all. People can't offer, you know, like massive amounts of budget on their movies if they're doing some sort of like 48 hour, like, hey, we're yeah. going to pay you a lot of money. But You're like, on the 48 hour a, film race, $50,000. Yeah. Or, there's the, or there's, the, there's the extreme where they're paying tons and tons of money for an amazing composer. But like, what's a pretty comfortable budget that you can do your work and you think like this allows a little bit of give for me? 
to do a little extra. Can I give a roundabout answer? Yeah, yeah. I, did, I don't know. Like, so, it doesn't need to be like a specific um, number, but I just am curious. And I copied all my pricing structure from Nick. So okay. <laughs> anything he says, Perfect. Like, no, I straight up, yeah. Because I'm genuinely curious like, if, a, if there's a director that's like, I want, I want a decent composer. What do I have to pay for that? What do I budget? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, first of all, that's something that we're in Oklahoma figuring out right yes, now. Yes, right. Because it's newer. post-production yeah. is something that we just haven't really figured out. Yeah. In some ways. I've, there are people here doing excellent work, but rates are all over the place. Yeah, and the there's way that, no uniformity to it at all. And the way that technology works, too, is somebody can just come in and, you know, even we're talking like to have a really nice film composition set up to the caliber that most people are operating out of right here and most people are purchasing their scores, you can spend under 20 grand and get that, which mm -hmm. yes, that's a, 20 grand is a lot of money, you know, somewhere around 20 grand, but it's not historically. Like when you think okay. about how much money a film, and that's a studio that you can use on multiple projects and it never stops, but yeah. you couldn't even like, you know, when you think about union musicians being in the room right. for hours yeah. and there's a conductor yeah, going through a board that's just yeah. like, you know, 200 grand probably. That's, and that's the crazy thing. Like the amount of money that goes into the scoring, even for a fucking trailer. Like right. I, when you watch the, the trailers yeah. for like The Last Jedi, they're, they're, that's like custom music for the trailer. Yeah. And trailer yeah. music is all a they thing. do is just all they do is just score trailers. One yeah, of the guys, like so there's another one, guys. Yeah, trailers, one of the trailers yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, that. There's a guy that like is in and out of Oklahoma City that that's all he does is, or a lot of what he does is trailer yeah. music and he's hella good at it. That's well, crazy. yeah, that's when crazy. you have a good trailer, like yeah. when the music's good on a trailer, it makes it. Mm -hmm. you can, yeah, yeah. Not gonna uh, lie, the last Jedi trailers are fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> trailers are good, they got They're you. really good. <laughs> um, but so... I think that there's, it's a conversation that everybody's having right now. It's, and whenever I meet somebody in post-production, it's, that's typically the thing that comes up at some point once you get comfortable with each other. It's like, so what's your rate? Cause mm -hmm. my rate's this. And yeah. does this make sense? Um, and it's an awkward conversation to have, but you do kind of need to have it. Yeah. And you know, it's just, and mine is malleable in a lot of ways. Like if there's a project that, and if I don't have a lot of stuff going on and I like the project, then maybe I'll take a low ball because I know that they're not lying to me. You know, if it's yeah. some, it's like I can see your Indiegogo. I know how much, <laughs> right. I know that you're maxing out credit cards just to right hire now. me yeah. anyways. Yeah. So, um, cool. And that's great. But, um, and you know, some people that I work with are super honest and they're like, Hey, this is what we have for music. And if they give me consistent work, I might not even take all of what they have for their budget just on yeah. like good faith and be like, Hey, this is what I need to feel comfortable doing this. It's a solo piano score. That's going to take me, you know, three hours to do fair enough. And yeah. I don't need the exuberant amount of money that they don't offer me, but imagine that they did just yeah. imagine that they did. Um, so it's, it's variable in that way. But, um, so that's kind of my roundabout answer. No, that makes sense. I, yeah, I, I think in Oklahoma, especially it seems like for a lot, probably a lot of, I mean, you have some things that are union, but for, I mean, in a growing yeah, it's industry, very, very limited. there is going to be some ebbs and, you know, like higher prices for certain things. It makes sense. We're all clueless. Yeah. We have no yeah. idea. Well, and that's kind of the interesting the thing. Like, yeah. But the, the, the nice way to look at it is that we're coming at it from the ground level. Right. Like in Oklahoma, you know, we're still a budding industry in film and just in the entertainment industry as a whole. And so we're all kind of like, we're at the ground level. So we're Nobody slowly rising. Nobody has right to have any ego. No, no, not at all. Call them out. Yeah, which is really great. Whenever somebody try. does have an ego, you're not going to see him very long. Yeah, <laughs> we, like, we can self-police ourselves. Yeah, yeah. we can afford to. <laughs> you know who I haven't seen? 
that one dick. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a long time. There's a reason. For you know that. why? Because he's a dick. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> so, what are some ways? You know, in that kind of vein, like, what are some ways that you can establish yourself as a composer in a place like Oklahoma, where it's just like when you're sitting around the Thanksgiving dinner table and people ask you what you do, what do, you do? and they don't take you seriously at all. Like, how do you establish yourself? <laughs> What do you do? Do you make some videos or something? <laughs> I know for me, uh, just personally speaking, my way in was the 48-hour film race. Because yeah. the thing is, desperate times <laughs> call for desperate measures. <laughs> and if you're like, hey, I do music, and they're like, we've got yes. 48 hours yeah. to make we, it. we got to have this we thing hammered care. out, man. We fast. need measures. Yeah. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> you know? Hey. <laughs> 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 Nick is a father, by the way. <laughs> Which actually, you know, that's actually how we found you was because uh, we were initially going to go to Nick and he was like, I can't do it. But this crazy fool this won young, the whole shebang of 48 hour film race and he sent us your way. And, you know, now the rest is history, man. <laughs> Thank you for that. Again. Thank and you now, Brian, stop calling me. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> For just yeah, you go where, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. Got to go where the filmmakers are. Yeah, yeah. So whatever way that is, 40-hour race, they're doing stuff. You know, mm -hmm. they got f film programs. Go where they are. Go where the you know. It's like, how do you expect to get a film director to hire you if you're nowhere where film directors exist? Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you want to get bit by a lion, you got to go to the, you know the. <laughs> freaking savannah or whatever <laughs> so if you want to get bit by a film director <laughs> yes <laughs> go to the There's, bar at a film yeah. festival <laughs> but i mean i think that's it too is like i was i was always in the film mindset festivals too yeah, yeah film, yeah. Festivals film festivals because festivals. as a musician i was always in the mindset you know you, you play shows and you do that but nobody really wants to collaborate with you necessarily because yeah. everybody has their band and they're trying to promote their thing you know, sometimes, and you know, every once in a while you collaborate or whatever, but it was always awesome whenever I went to film festivals. Cause they'd be like, you know, normally I'd be hanging out with musicians at a bar and they'd be like, Oh, you're a musician, you know, me too. And are you better than me or <laughs> am I better yeah. than you, you know? And, uh, and then, but at the film festivals, it'd be like, you're a musician. Amazing. I need music. <laughs> yeah, Let's no, talk seriously. Right now. Because that's the thing. Like, finding a, not just a good composer, but somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Like that's you guys were like leprechauns. But you know what's funny is they didn't even they didn't even know if I was good. They were, I was just they, they just had like, heard nothing I did. Yeah. yeah, I was just drinking with them. I and hear they were you like, play. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, you know I honestly can't remember because like I think the first time that we worked together was on forty eight hour it was film race several hour. years ago. Mm -hmm. On I can't even remember. It wasn't one of the ones that won anything, but. Yeah, I think I you that. actually got nominated for best score, mm -hmm. you bastard. Yeah, but we didn't win anything. Right, but. uh I actually, this has, this is kind of a rabbit trail, but I don't know if you remember, but Ophidelis played a show with you guys. Episode under, or Episode Episode Arts Festival. Arts Festival. And yeah. you were in one of our videos. I was watching the oh, other really? day. I, was, I had a moment of narcissism and I was like, I haven't watched my own music in forever. And so I turned on this video from Paseo Arts Festival and there fucking Nick is just yeah. walking across the screen. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm in your life now. Yeah, you were in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much? Oh, here's an here's an interesting question. What should this is kind of 
skipping around a little bit, but what should a film score do and what should a film score not be relied on to do? We're getting deep. Okay. I'm going to compliment myself on my own damn question. Yeah. (laughs) Good question. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's the first time in a while, like we, we have enough material for film and especially, you know, talking about, narrative film mostly is what we're talking about uh, or something with somewhat of a narrative. We can talk about like harmony Korean films and argue whether that has a narrative or not, but let's just not do that for (laughs) now. Um, We'll just lump it all together. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's a conversation being had right now. It's like, what, what has music traditionally done? Mm -hmm. What is it doing now? Yeah. And um, there's a really good book called, you know, you just referenced diegetic and non-diegetic music. And that was a term coined by Claudia Gordman um, in her book, Unheard Melodies. And it's a really good book that just talks about film music and what it does and what diegetic and non-diegetic means yeah. is that, you know, diegetic sound would just be um, uh, like things that you would expect to happen in a, like a natural event. So here us talking our voices would be uh, the diegetic sound. The non-diegetic sound would be if there was like an underscore under us for some reason. And with film, we just accept that, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever has a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Like this doesn't make sense for there to be a chord underneath this happening. And so, um, I I still feel like it's something that we're figuring out Yeah. for, and I do think that it depends, but it is obvious to, um, you know, to people with, or it's obvious to people depending on their taste, like this works or this doesn't. Yeah. It's hard to put that in a category because I feel like every time that you put it in a category and you're like a score can't do this. That's when I want to do that. Whenever somebody says that, I'm like, all right, next project. I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. Um, because I always you're feel like, like Sam Calvin. So, you need to, have you worked with Sam Calvin? You guys have um, totally the same mindset. He's you know, a DP around here. We went to school course. together. Um, and I don't know if we've worked on anything. You need to. I think that I think we have like I know we've worked on something. Yeah, he does a lot of DP work for the skit guys, but he's totally one of those guys where he he like he likes to break the rules of cinematography all the time. Like rule of thirds, he's like I'm going to put people's faces at the bottom third (laughs) (laughs) just because I can. (laughs) What would you do with such power? I know (laughs) you you don't know the power. (laughs) And you know what? Sam actually took our band photos. Like oh, for way real? Way back in the day. What? Yeah. My God, we're all connected some weird way. Mm-hmm. Seven degrees yeah. with Kevin Bacon. Or six yes. degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and Kelly introduced you to your wife. Yeah. I did. It's crazy. I yeah. did. Yeah, there are no degrees. That's right. Bacon. There's no, no degrees of bacon here. It's just and bacon. And Noah delivered your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask how. <laughs> He's That's... a certified doula. <laughs> He's a man of many talents. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Don't propose right yeah. The only thing on my resume. <laughs> Boom. You know what? Can I just throw out there? Next baby, I would love for there to be a my own soundtrack to the birth mm. of my child. Oh, God. <laughs> Not like any music. I want it like... Can you please score it? Score it. But, I mean, This will be the lower time. second act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be like 24 hours of just continuous, but like there's buildup, and then you get drugs, and then you calm down. And yeah. calm. I mean, there's some good, yeah, there's some good stuff to do there. Yeah. Dude, that's... I like it. That would be the hardest project. <laughs> yeah. If I had money, you can score it into a five-minute short. If, if I had yeah. money, that's something that I'm sure rich people 
like do. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. And they're like the conductors there the whole time. Yeah. And like, and at the end, like when the baby's yeah. like, you can go home now. He's yeah, like, that's cool. all. Sweet. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that whenever it comes out, that a dove also comes out. <laughs> yeah. How much I will want that first cost? person? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I really want. Yeah. Just a VR experience. <laughs> <laughs> So I've completely Sorry, lost my... Sorry, I derailed that pretty harshly <laughs> no, there. It's okay. That was... It our... came into my head as like, a, I, you know, that would be so great. So that's a great oper- a, business a, opportunity. A, yes, for a moment in my life, if I could choose to have my own personal scoring, Dude, it would be that. There's so. somebody out there with a guitar and a hammer dulcimer who does that. Yes. And they're just like... I'm going to find that person. They, I guarantee you there are multiple people writing this down right now. They're like, this is brilliant. It's like, he said, look for new, av- new avenues. New avenues. I'm telling you, yeah. like, there's so much going on in that industry yeah. right mm-hmm. now. She was kidding on the podcast, but I'm taking this shit for real. Yeah. I used I to be a wedding singer. Now I'm a birthing singer. Yes. yes. Oh, baby. How is that not a You know, thing that's got to be in every baby yeah. song. <laughs> baby. Maybe. Too literal. Too on the nose. Anytime that I see an actual infant baby. Yes. All I can picture is some, uh, for some reason I have this image of like some soul singer with like big long dreads that's just like, baby. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. It's weird. That's I'm weird. That's the sound your baby will make every yeah. time it's in a room. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I should have warned you, we like to rabbit trail yeah. from time to time. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I expect this much. Yeah. It's all good. So, what are some, what are some websites? Uh, so, okay. Basically, there's two parts to this question. There are music websites that people who maybe can't afford to actually use a custom composer will go to to get music. The other side of that is that some of these websites you can also make music for that you can make money off of. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So what are some of these websites that A, directors can go to to find music and B, musicians can make music for? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have the premium beat audio jungle thing premiumbeat.com exactly yeah you have that stuff artlist.io is really popular right now um and i have a page on artlist.io if anybody wants to just go download my music there if you you remember go. so um can you make decent money doing that uh eventually that's it's always interesting because it depends on like um from what i've heard from people that did um oh man what was it called I think it, it might have been Premium Beat or something. It was some service similar to that. But people that got in early and then, mm. so they're racking up downloads and they're like being, their music goes to the top of the searches because they, yeah. they have more downloads. Um, it becomes something lucrative eventually. Like Artlist.io, this is their second year doing it. Hmm. So the like yesteryear or last year, yesteryear, last yesteryear, <laughs> yesteryear, um, <laughs> last year was just a beta website, you know? Yeah. And that's what the majority, like, it's funny. I always like cruise through the top 50 tracks sometimes, but like that's some of the temp tracks I get are guys going to artless.io. Yeah. They'll get their temp tracks there and then send that to me. And so oh, I can recognize great. that that's where it's from. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. So they like that music, but that's what informs what I write for them too. That's really cool. Um, and so like, you could also technically use that as kind of a practice route, right? Like as a young composer, you're the, first of all, the more tracks that you have right. on these sites, the more possibilities you have. You have to be more established to get that though. Is really? the difficult thing. Yeah. They want really good material, like mm. right at the beginning and you know, whatever that means, good material relative to what they put out. But, yeah. um, I wouldn't recommend starting there. I mean, really? I think my recommendation would just be score 
anything that you can like <laughs> um there's videos online that people will release and it'll just be like oh here's iron man with just dialogue and just score that oh that's experiment cool. with it you know yeah um yeah and that's you know just have something that you can show somebody yeah. and then like show people and get feedback and um i always like to hear what my dad has to say not about my music but um because sometimes it hurts my feelings no, I just, <laughs> you know that um, was really bad yeah um but uh i'm messed up junior yeah exactly it's like no son of mine wrote that <laughs> um but uh no like it's always interesting to hear like what he thinks about music and what it looks like on film so i'm always interested to show him contemporary films and be like how does this is he not a musician feel? no he's not a musician yeah so that's like that outside voice that you're kind of looking exactly. for. Exactly. Yeah, one of them. That's and super then, helpful. And yeah, and I also think it's helpful to build relationships with other composers. And uh, I was just meeting with another composer uh, this week. And um, I was like, at the end of it, we were both just like, all right, we write, we both write things. And so I don't know what we can do for each other, except... <laughs> I was like, hey, do you Except mind from if- kill each other? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except I'm going to make sure you don't leave me. <laughs> um, but then I was like, hey, man, like, I'm writing this. Would you mind just taking a look at it and telling me if it works? Because I've been watching Junkie XL tutorials for like hours and I'm convinced it has to be 200 tracks and it's just a pad. Like, what do you yeah. think? And so it's cool. And he was able to watch it and give me some feedback. Mm. Um, but as far as, so that's not about the music library stuff you're talking about. Well, but, but still. As far as doing that, I feel like that's the step afterwards. Okay. After, like, after you kind of figure out what you do. Yeah. And you know that it's like, all right, I do orchestral stuff really well. Oh, I do folky guitar stuff really well. And people love that. It doesn't have to be orchestral. Yeah. You know, um, so. Um, Find your voice. Exactly. Yeah. Or just even something you can copy well. <laughs> you could, yeah, that's where right. you could put the stuff that you copy is yeah. on uh, those music libraries. Um, and yeah, figure out if they have a process to do it. Like what's the one that's, it's like Rumblefish or something. Is that right? That's the YouTube licensing one. Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, okay, it's a weird name. That's YouTube really, that's really easy to get into. Oh, I know. Things get yanked for weird reasons. Yeah. Or they'll put like an ad on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. If like you used an Indiana Jones score. Right, yeah. Buy Indiana Jones here. Yeah. No, get out of there. <laughs> well, and I don't know how that works, but I know that yeah, it's something that's easier to get into. It would be something like Rebelfish. Yeah. And, um, uh, but then there's a website, too, that some people have had moderate success with, with Taxi.com, which you can like, okay. pay to be a part of and submit your music to. But once again, you want to make sure that it's to a professional level. Otherwise, you're just wasting money yeah. being a part of that. Um, yeah, they have calls a lot for that, looking for this type of song. Right. Oh, this interesting. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, man, I learn... I learn Oh, so I know. much from these stupid podcast episodes. Do you do taxi, Noah? I've never done taxi. No. Uh, I looked at it. You once just and look I was at it. Like, eh, I don't know exactly. About that. <laughs> I did it, and then I was like, "There's like years when I wasn't submitting, and I was just paying the money to do it." And I was like, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah, but I did. Yeah, I, I actually, felt like I looked at taxi, and I felt like it was like a you had to be in it for the long haul before you started seeing returns. Yeah, and I just like. Okay, guess not. <laughs> I mean, I it's the, it's always a question. Of, when I looked at Taxi, I like wondered. I was like, does this actually work? And That's I will tell people yeah. listening to the podcast, Taxi does work. Okay, people do get placed with Taxi, and sponsored I, by Taxi, sponsored by Taxi, sponsored by Taxi, I'm sponsored by Taxi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it does work. I think it's a good avenue to do. But it's it is like it's way more difficult than a lot of the other, you know, resources like that. So yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you can get placements with taxi. Okay. That's cool. That mm-hmm. is really cool. So what are some of the, what are you guys working on right now to become a better film composer? Like we're all growing every day. And if you're not, then get out. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you reevaluate do? your life? <laughs> well, but what do you do to help yourself grow to, to to become a better composer every day? Man, that's such a crazy question. <laughs> Since so you just stuff. graduated from college, do you, well, here, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> how I'm do gonna, you sorry. get better? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like more specific. Is there like a certain? Do you do you have you tried to go for a certain genre that you're not as comfortable? Like, does it depend on like, if you're like, Oh, I haven't done a lot of horror. I'm going to just try this for a little mm. bit to see, to improve that. Or like, do you have so a, what I like to kind of bounce around? What I kind of like to do is find a piece of music from a, like a film or a video game and be like, that sounds really cool. I don't have a clue to do how to do that. So then I like take it and try to break it up and figure out how to do it. Like you said, like it could be a genre. It's like if somebody asked me to do that genre, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. Right. Let's fix it. Let's that. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's, you know, let's dissect it, see what makes it tick. That, yeah. that kind of thing. So I do a lot of things where I just, I have a whole like folder on my computer that just says recreations. That's awesome. Where I just try to take a song that I like or something or a score that I like and just like, let's recreate this part. Mm. The closer I can get, I feel like the, you know, the the better. But the main thing is to try to learn from it, try to figure out what they're doing. That's so cool. Yeah, so you're not just cool. sitting around watching the phone waiting for it to call. You're actually like <laughs> proactive. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I want to see the success story with that. That's what he did. He's like, I just sat by the phone all day. It rang <laughs> one answered. time. Yeah. My dad was also very rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah. Okay, so uh, I have two last questions. Where do you get the gall? <laughs> no, okay, last question. That again. Uh, this, is, this is a very serious question. This is for everybody. Okay, if you could murder any pop star what? of today, who would it be and how would you do it? Pop star? I have actors, I'm not even cool enough I... to know, like... <laughs> Lady Gaga, vat of acid, boom. Mm. <laughs> You've been thinking about that for a while. <laughs> like, I know. I'm not going to say, say yes or no. I have actors, but not necessarily pop stars. Pop stars isn't like musicians, right? Uh, I'm not going to, I can't say musicians because they're not, you know, murderable. But a Justin Bieber in your life. Mumford and Sons. Mumford Mumford and Sons? All of them? Oh, every last one. Every single one. The whole family. Oh, my heart. Yeah. I get it though. They just yeah. didn't know how to use electric instruments, right? And they, like, <laughs> that al- that album is extremely <laughs> forgettable. <gasps> is when that the, the is that the the not famous one? Is that like the, the one they released post? Yeah, the one where they were like, you know what? I think we've played this out. We should probably try something different. Let's get on the Kings of Leon train. Yeah. Oh, we're not Kings of Leon yeah. at all. Back to the Potato Rock. Quit. <laughs> <laughs> potato. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> that one Potato got me. Oh, that one got me. Sorry. It's, okay. Is it sad that it took me a second? No. Uh, pop stars. The one that I would have ever killed is already dead. See? So that doesn't oh, work. Wow. Yeah. Who? Kurt Cobain. Uh. Oh, that's a horrible. Oh, wait, what? wait, why? Just because his guitar playing. I can't stand it. Yeah. We're going to so have terrible. to get a drink and talk about it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Disclaimer, it was though. just like a shotgun. I know. People <laughs> people hate it when I say this, but I, I like Nirvana's a good band. 
dude, Nevermind's a great album. I like Kurt Cobain's voice. I like all this, but he could not play the, those six <laughs> strings to save his life, man. You know, I've, struggling. I've never been able to get onto the Nirvana train. Like, yeah. I've always been, I've, I like Foo Fighters. Playing, clearly ho- holding you back. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. No, like, you read, like, the things, like, the producers had to do to, like, get him to play his instrument <laughs> right sad put the heroin down yeah. put it down <laughs> but you yeah. take the straight guitar up. Had, <laughs> straight up had to tell Kurt Cobain that uh that smacking cocaine Kurt, out of his hand he's like we need you to do this again he's like why it was good enough <laughs> so that the next day he tells him oh the tape got destroyed oh, oh so they just yeah. lied like, it was still lie. there they, they it just was still like there. anything yeah. they could say to, to get him to do it again to find a way to get him to do it that's again. pretty funny <sighs> uh I know that's a very that's unpopular funny. opinion. No, of mine, it's okay. Though. I'm going to have one too. I, well, he took care people of that love himself. Him because, yeah, because he killed himself, he's like a martyr for like teen angst now. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's so many people who are just like, you don't know how he made me feel yeah, when I was 13. Yeah, I was Get like, out of here, man. I hate my feelings. parents too. I'm like, <laughs> he wore those sweaters so good. <laughs> mine, mine would probably be, and this is strictly of revenge against my husband. Scott Stapp because <laughs> yeah. he likes Creed. Oh, he likes Creed. He, what? he, he likes uh, present. Yeah, well, the most recent. What feel it's gonna rain like this for days. I hate Scott Stapp. Everything From about him, I hate. Oh my oh, goodness! Yeah. I learned. I did learn like every Creed song. Oh my gosh, though. he he loves yeah. Creed, and and that's fine. That's his little thing. I like Hanson. It's okay. We have the we have our bands, but you and Lainey, um, what is the deal? Hanson's the best. Okay. Whatever. Um, Bob. There no their <laughs> acapella Christmas stuff is awesome. You lost anyway, me at Christmas. I know. Christmas. I have. I still have their Christmas album. I have it on CD. But I would. <laughs> I would want. Uh, I would want him to die while making that that throat sound. I'd want so somehow, yeah. I want him to like. I want to put him in a like a, a really echoey yeah. box the and then just <laughs> drown him slowly. So he's like. Every vowel out of Scott Stapp's, or every uh, word out of him, yeah. is an R. It's an R. Whether it's uh, an R, R or not. Yeah. Heart R. It's an if, R. If you've ever, if you've never heard of, oh my gosh, is it? Say um, your vowel, Scott. R, R, R. Yeah, no, it's the best. It, there's a, what is it? R, B, C, D. There's a great, like, someone just took out the music and they just, like. <laughs> just Creed Shreds? Yes, Creed Shreds. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Creed Shreds. He's got to breathe. Yeah, everything about it. Anyway, I so feel that's like, my, can, that's I, my... can I amend the murdering of Scott sure. Stapp? Yeah. I think that the wind machine should just go completely awry and just chop him into a Chop him pieces. into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, with arms wide open. And the wind's blowing his shirt open. And his shirt open. Aaron's gonna be so upset when he hears this because A I told everyone he loves Creed and B I want him dead Uh, (laughs) Nick did you even I know I'm still sticking with Lady Gaga uh, Vat of Acid that's fine yeah anyone Oh, Mumford and Sons. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. And Dare I say it again? Oh, so that's right. <laughs> Dare I say? That's good. Mumford and yeah. Sons. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, mine did it for that's me. That's good. So I'm easy. Yeah. yeah. 
good. This is this episode may have accidentally become the darkest episode of the Arky Show Show. <laughs> I like we're it. Talking about the Kurt Cobain. I'm listening to murder podcasts yeah. on the way here. What if you had no idea that Kurt Cobain had capped himself, and you were just like, "Yeah, man, I wish he would just I like, hate him. I God, like, I hate that guy. So what? I don't know whatever <laughs> happened to him, but I wish Kurt he would Cobain. shoot himself in the face. That guy's still around. He just keep talking about it. God, man. <laughs> Well, I think it's time for some games. Okay. Do we want to answer questions first? Oh, yes. Do we yes. want to answer at least one of them or we try have... to answer the trivia questions? Okay. So uh, we're going to give the answers of... to some trivia questions. I'm just going to guess, but... Okay. So what was the inspiration behind the Star Wars Imperial March? It's the funeral march, right? Or was it Battle Hymn of the Republic? Or I don't was know. It? I just the... thought first... I know it did something with Star Wars. Wait, what? Battle Hymn of the Republic? Like inspired something in Star Wars. Uh, well, whenever I hear "Battle Hymn of the Republic," I think of like the Republic in Star Wars. So that's right. why I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's no, the no. bad guy music. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, the answer is the theme is based on the well-known funeral march. Oh, yeah. oh nice! From Chopin's Piano Sonata Number no. Two in Chopin. B. Yeah. Chopin. Wow. <laughs> Chopin just got attacked. <laughs> Chopin. It's Chopin. Uh, Brian. Sonata Number Two would be Flatmire. <laughs> By the way. Anyone ever, there's a movie called King's Row. Listen to the theme of that. Did you'll Chopin write it? Did Chopin write it? And you'll just go, oh, hi, Star Wars. Oh, okay. It's amazing how many, how many old pieces John Williams has completely ripped off. John Williams is like the Led Zeppelin of like film music, <laughs> right? dude. He like just steals stuff and then makes it really but good. But sounds yeah. incredible. And you can't Which be is, mad at him you can't, because yeah, you're like, like no, that was great, great plagiarism. That was better. Plagiarist. That was better. Which is so funny because he seems to be the one that everybody's always like, I want you to make it a John Williams score. Oh, don't you mean Sonata Number Two in B flat? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, so trivia question number two. Yeah, actually, real quick, that does remind me. I did a uh, a part in a f- short film. And I realized later, I'm like, dude, this is totally, like, this chord progression I took straight out of Zeppelin. I didn't even realize it. I told the director that, and he says, well, that's okay. They probably stole it from some blues musician. So what's the There's matter? nothing like, new under the sun. hand thievery. True. Everything yeah, is meaningless. We're all going to die. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> trivia question number two. Who is referred to as the father of film music? Was it A, Alfred Newman, B, Max Steiner, or C, John Williams? It's not Williams. TikTok. I think it's Max Steiner. Yeah, I'm thinking Steiner too. I'm gonna bandwagon onto the people who know stuff and say that as well. It's Max Steiner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steiner worked in England, then Broadway, and in 1929 he moved to Hollywood, where he became one of the first composers to write music scores for films. He was referred to as the father of film music. And Steiner played a major part in creating the tradition of writing music for films, along with composers Dimitri. These are weird names that I can't Dimitri, read. What is it? Uh, you heard me. Let me see it. You heard me. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> I'm not oh, saying it again. <laughs> Does it bear repeating itself? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It right. looks like I have some homework to do. <laughs> Steiner composed over 300 film scores with RKO Pictures and Warner Brothers and was nominated for 24 Academy Awards, winning three. Can you imagine being nominated for 24 and only winning three? <laughs> I, Am I just a glass half empty kind of guy? <laughs> I, would I only just like won to imagine... three Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only three. I'd like one of those nominations. Yeah, yeah, right? Just like, one. Dad, I did it. You know. Yeah. Why didn't you win all 24, son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, he's not like Nick's dad. Okay? Yeah. Just, <laughs> he will be. You just keep, <laughs> keep writing music. He'll get there. 
All right, so last trivia question. Which movie actually has no score? Is it A, No Country for Old Men, B, Rope, or C, Reservoir Dogs? And we're not including tonal drones and that kind of thing. Okay. Tonal drones not included. Yeah. So no ominous mms or anything like that. Like actual oh, melodies and that Okay. But soundtrack, like songs, Licensed are stuff. not included as well. Uh, like if you had an original song, licensed stuff, yeah. Yeah. That's not included. Uh, well, we'll include that. Okay. Well, actually, no. No, no, no. We shouldn't. Okay. We shan't. It's Reservoir Dogs. It's like, That's what I'm going I to can't, do. I can't remember, it's, but I thought... Uh, stuck in the middle of you or whatever it is is like yeah. the only thing in there. What's this it? is actually a trick question because it is Reservoir Dogs, but it's also no country for Rope and No Country That's for Old Men. That's all of them. I'm saying, but no, no Country no. for Old Men. No Country for Old Men has a, it has drones, but I guess. It's got right. drones. You qualified. you qualified no drones. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Three out of three. Let's go. What do there we go. What is Rope? I've never. I've yeah, never, I know. I what is rope? rope? I know. I've never seen that is, Rope. It's Same. Alfred Hitchcock's Rope oh, with, okay. I, th- uh, I can't remember if Jimmy Stewart's in it or not. I think oh, it is. Uh, oh, 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 gee, what oh, do I do wow. with this rope? Oh, what are you doing with the oh, rope? No. Oh, I can't tie Stuck my shirt with it. Put the rope oh. down, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could give it to Kurt Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what he does with this rope. <laughs> oh, gee. Why'd you do it, Kurt? Why? Why? I was going to lasso the boot. Kurt, the shotgun would have been so much easier. That's like the end of our podcast. We don't even need to play games. We just all do our Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just fades. This game is called yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Like, oh, yeah. come on, Brian. Oh, no. God. Let's do another trivia question, Brian. But is that your Jimmy Stewart impression? Kind of. It's almost like Catherine Hepburn, too. I was going to say, like, yeah. if Jimmy Stewart and Catherine Hepburn yeah. were talking about rope. That kind of sounded a little shaky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gee, what do, you, what do we do with this hair? I don't know, yeah. but I'm going to take it. I'm going to tie you up with it. Oh, oh naughty. <laughs> don't be disgusting. I was going to kill you. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought of the, what is it? Dana Carvey on SNL does something. Yeah. Anyway. Mary, Mary, get a piece of this. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh, I'm geez. not through with you, Potter. <laughs> <laughs> everyone has their own Jimmy Stewart impression. Yeah. Just like everyone has their own, like, um, basically, uh, Christopher Walken. Everyone has a Christopher Walken. Everyone's got Walken. a Christopher Walken. Now everyone's got a Donald Trump. And now everyone's got a, I wish everyone had a Vincent Price because I've been watching those, mm, those Vincent yes. Price's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Vincent, Vincent Price. Price's mm. Christmas. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to leave him. Welcome to another glorious Halloween Price Christmas. (laughs) So I think we have enough time for one One game. game. (laughs) One game. Okay. Okay. Um, why don't we just do scenes from a hat? Let's do scenes from a hat. Uh, Now we have some scenes. You do all of my scenes from a hat as Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, (laughs) because dude, if I'd known going in, oh Jimmy Stewart sitting. We've got some just random suggestions, but we've also I asked them to put in. We were. I'm going to play on a, a previous podcast uh, deleted scenes. So scenes from a movie that weren't that you wanted them to be in, but it was, that wasn't yeah. in the movie. Uh, so there's those options. And then there's also just a lot of random stuff in this hat. I, I kind of like, let's just do it random and like, we'll, yeah. we'll pull a suggestion. And if you have a scene from a hat that you want to do, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the first couple yeah, examples. We'll do, we'll do two. And then, uh, yeah, feel free to be a yeah, walk on or join in. or play. Yeah. We'll, we'll make it work. This is this is oh. actually mine. Oh, I didn't even mean to rigged. <laughs> Fake news. Not improv. Fake news. Uh, Shrek donkey really likes that boulder. <laughs> oh, I know this 
Jay, yeah, oh, gee, look at that, look at that boulder and all the stuff you can do with it. Well, I'm a donkey. This is gonna be really offensive, but yeah, the new game is just these scenes as Jimmy. As, as Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart, I'm a donkey. Oh, you will look out. I'll kick you. I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. I'm gonna take nice. that boulder home. Let's roll that boulder down a hill. I'll, I'll roll it right down the hill. Use like, your back legs. Uh, here we go. I'll use my back legs. Let's kick it. Oh, uh, uh, skedaddle. That wasn't that was... a lot of ump, but that's a nice boulder. Watch it roll away. <laughs> <laughs> that's that what I tell. Pathetic. That's what Jimmy Stewart would tell a boulder whenever he's trying skedaddle. to. Skedaddle. Yeah, skedaddle. <laughs> All right. It's a very of that period term. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, Tom I'll and Jerry it. or whatever. I don't right. know. <laughs> uh, I'm just grabbing this one. Okay. Underpants. Underpants? That's all it says. What? Underpants. Disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, a scene about underpants. As Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> As one is to do. <laughs> Sir, I have your order in. Yes. Your, I think it says it's 200 underpants. 200. I ordered at least five. Five orders of... 200. Let's do the math there. Five orders of 200. Five orders of 200. So we have more than, more than just this coming. Sir, you can't wear all those underpants. I don't wear them all at once. I simply wear them out. You Quite often. More than enough underpants here for your lifetime. The, I'm, the ones I'm wearing right now are almost worn out as we talk. Do you just create a lot of fiction Friction while you walk? I create both fiction and friction. <laughs> Sir, we need to donate these. They're, they're just there's too many underpants, and there are so many people without them. We need to... You've got to share. You it's can't Christmas. take my underpants. Give me my underpants. It's <sighs> Christmas after <sighs> all. <sighs> and I'm running away. Your pants are on fire, sir. I've never told a lie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. <laughs> And this is That's the, why it's fun. I've had nothing to drink either. <laughs> Human teeth. Human teeth. <laughs> Anyone you guys want to jump in here? Human teeth. Human teeth. Ask Jimmy Stewart. Just Ask say, Jimmy uh, Stewart. Say that every time. Uh, here we go. Uh, man, how do you guys work with this stuff? Underpants was your thing. <laughs> That's like the most dry thing. Like, imagine I'm composing a film and he's like, all right, for the score, I want. Underpants. underpants. I'm like, I have no idea how to f- score your film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe the, yeah, I was to say, you guys should be making some background yeah. music to our scenes. No, uh, <laughs> score it. Score so, it. Improvise score. Now, in this particular scene, it's focused on the human teeth. Now, never mind the orangutan teeth or the shark raccoon teeth. teeth. The shark teeth We've don't... got fig- all sorts of mammals and amphibians. Yes. And so many teeth, but... And the salamander teeth don't even... Don't even ask. It's the human teeth. The human teeth. We're going to be looking into. So the the tone, I need it to be very intense because the human teeth are, it's it's a foreshadowing for a scene that's going to come later when... There's building here because because we we don't reveal that they're human until the end. Yes, because they're right next to to the chimpanzee and the orangutan teeth, so people don't necessarily know for sure that they're human teeth. And we're digging and we're digging deeper into the dirt and the ground and we find more teeth and we pull them out now mind you the camera has not taken come away from the teeth we've stayed as a static shot on the teeth this entire time as a hand slowly enters the frame a tiny chisel and brush goes in the gentlest touch 
and that's when a fairy comes and takes the mm. front teeth. Mm. Front teeth are gone. You're left with a gap. A hole. Now, this is when we bring the piccolo in. It's an emptiness. <laughs> because there's a gap between the two front teeth. It's a sadness. <laughs> and that's the sound that human teeth makes oh. when they were missing the front tooth. Oh, it's like a whistling. Yes, I want this I want these human teeth to speak to me. I but can't whistle! <laughs> <laughs> a musician you can't whistle, stop making fun of me. So so can My you, God, who is that? Can you guys do that? Is that uh doable for this scene? I think does that Easy. give you the emotion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly good. what we're looking for. So, it's a dentist. It's a commercial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for um, a children's dentist. Is is twenty five bucks gonna be okay for the budget? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a non diegetic voice there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the human teeth. The human teeth. Children's right. teeth. No, I can't snap my fingers either. So <laughs> go there. He's so, a musician. He can't whistle. He can't snap his fingers. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Where can we find you guys online, Nick? Yeah. Um, so, MySpace.com. Garbage man. Garbage hit man. Garbage hit man. That's the best band name. <laughs> that is a bad band name. Yeah. <laughs> how was that? <laughs> That's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm just Nick Poss on Instagram, and you'll see. Um, oh, good. Yeah, good point. Poss. P O S S. Um, and yeah, I'll I had it wrong for the longest time. Oh, that's really you. funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's super funny. Wait, You're how did you, how for did me you on Facebook or something? Poss. <laughs> I thought it was P A S for the longest. Oh, oh like a yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, or P A W S. That'd be way cuter. Pause. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on there. Um, or if you have a question about a project and are curious about working with me, you can send me an email at nick at magicairstudios.com. Boom. And then Noah, where can we find you? NoahCopeland.com. Boom. And easy. Awesome. Right. And Copeland is C O P E L A N D. Like the band. Because I do get like asked that, yeah. Or like Aaron Copeland. There you go. <laughs> That's what I get. And Kenneth Copeland, who's mm. a ah, yes. preacher, I think, is the other <laughs> one I get asked. <laughs> yes. Stuart Copeland. Can't forget right. him. Right? That's mm-hmm. the one I get. Who else do we name school. from the Copeland family? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, is he like your uncle or something? The drummer of the police? Yeah. I would be <laughs> here just be like, this, dude. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Taught me everything I know. That's why I don't play drums. famous. And of course, you can listen, or you can listen. You can listen to the podcast right now because you are listening. Somebody's coming at the door. Hey, perfect timing. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, also check out www.okishowshow.com as well as youtube.com slash okishowshow. And we'll see you guys in the next two weeks. Bye. Bye.